Welcome to another episode of the Nighttown Artan Podcast. I am Trif- your host, Triforce Todd, of course, and joining me today, Bart Will. We, we live in a society, people. What have you done? Yeah, uh, if you can't tell, we're kind of not happy. You probably know why. It's just, it's just hard to live in a world without love. I, I, I just can't. All this thing that's what we had. Like, we had. We were going so strong. Perhaps it was maybe hubris on our side. But, Jesus, always have we really fallen as a society? Yes. I could have told you that before the Splatfest. But, yes. Yes, we have. Thankfully, one of the beacons of light who has not fallen yet is Skull Kid Sky. We will rise from the ashes like a phoenix. Yes, with burning love! Especially on the burning part, because we're going to burn some people, right, Tyler? <laughs> Tyler! Yeah, don't of worry. All times, I mean, you could have probably come to this podcast tonight, right now, to glow at us. But no, no, you had to go and go back on Twitter on my post, and you had to go and glow there. You yeah. couldn't come back to this podcast for this one episode for your victory but yeah. no you think you're too good for us yeah, that and he knew that me and you would probably go after him for all of his lies and, and actually give a meaningful conspiracy theory to him on like the bull crap <laughs> he gave us in splatoon 2 so yeah we're not happy about the Splatfest, and that's just one of the many splatoon topics of today but we will do our best Put our anger and fury and fury and fury about dimension fury. <laughs> I, 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 I want to make sure I said that. Fury? Next okay. flat fest will be fury against fury against fury. Yeah. Oh, no, that's no, no. gonna be an interesting one to say the least. No, no, no. It'll be fury against fury against fury at Tyler. <laughs> fury at Tyler sweep. <laughs> but we'll put, put our, we're gonna put the fury to the side to talk, to talk about what have you been playing. <laughs> I'll go first, because obviously, aside from the uh, losing efforts in Splatoon 3, which I we will... Guys, I'm going to uh, ask that we all contain our Splatoon 3 t- talk to the news section. Oh, very well, very that, well. That way we can just all talk about it all at once instead of individually with all the other stuff. So aside from that, which I also can say I did... Uh, I did horribly. I really did. But I did get to ruler rank, and I did play it all three days, which I was happy about. My other gaming exploit has been uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. <clears throat> I am currently in Chapter 14, so I am getting close to the end. All right, all right. And it is so interesting trying to remember how things went in the original game versus how it goes in the remake. Because obviously there's expanded stuff. That's just natural. But yeah. Like uh, witnessing the fall of Sector Seven. Ah, uh, yeah, Sector Seven played. That's yeah, yeah. so dramatic in like the best and worst ways. Uh, Compared to how it happened in the in the original game, and I like how they handled it here. Even though I'm still curious about why certain things happened, I still have no idea what's going on with the rates. And I know that's like the like one of the biggest complaints of the game is like the ra- the randomness. <laughs> but 
yeah, those don't get explained till like the very end. Exactly. Yeah, it's and, very and it's late. It's not a good yeah. explanation from what I've heard. Um, but yeah, it's it. That's weird. But I, I, I'm enjoying still the game so a lot. The combat system is still something that even let's see, how many hours am I in this? Twenty three. <laughs> it still takes time to get used to. Mm-mm-mm. Um, and then like up trying to choose what weapons to put on each character because you don't have to, you can't just think about the immediate upgrades you have to think about the long-term upgrades like i gave a bear a pincer <laughs> arm thinking that would be cool but then i'm like oh wait then i just lost his shot yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. like, that's I mean, the problem yeah i'll probably it, it's still useful but uh i like Barrett was my least useful character because he didn't have any like special attacks so i had to only rely on him for spells which was fine but kind of defeats the purpose tifa is still yeah. my mvp yeah. For various reasons. Not pertaining to her looks, for the record. Just, just <laughs> it's a, all her fists. Yeah, just like Boom, <laughs> just like Boomstick said. Boomstick said, her nice, big, firm fists. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to say the other line, Will. Don't worry. But, uh... A fury. <laughs> a fury. <laughs> a fury. Uh, I mean, she does have fury in this game, that's for sure. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. I will say... And this actually kind of ties back into my Persona 4 argument, which I honestly haven't played in a while, just because I've been busy with other things and Final Fantasy and Splatoon. But there's a character in the game named Johnny. Oh, him. Okay, 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 okay. Johnny can F right off. Oh, absolutely. I hate him. I mean, seriously, he starts off in the most innocuous way. He's just this random dude that you have to save because Tifa tells you to. And, of course, Cloud has to listen to Tifa. That's, that's canon. Um, and I'm like, okay, fine. Let's just save this fool. He's like, he runs away eventually, and he's out of our lives, right? Wrong. I run into <laughs> him again and again and again, and he's like, bro, 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 bro. bro. And I'm like, I know that Cloud is often cited to be like, you know, emo, um, emotionally distant and whatever, but this guy clearly has the patience of a saint to not rust, run that buster sword. Johnny. <laughs> real not, final I, boss. No. I, real final boss. Like, I would not have that patience. I would smack him hard. And then he's like hitting on Tifa for some random reason, and it's like, oh, but who wouldn't want to hit on Tifa? Shut up. Okay, don't be like Johnny, alright? And then, after I do like his fourth or something quest, I get uh, a, an achievement called the Johnny Experience. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust me, that's not an experience. <laughs> that's a torture lesson. And like, seriously, Cloud, I don't know how you didn't not kill him, but I, nobody would have blamed you if you did. Okay, buddy. <laughs> I still remember when he was like, yeah, in Walmart, yeah, like, oh, you got the sauce, the sauce. Oh. I remember that part. I remember <laughs> that, at that part. And then he meets that old man who has the VIP to the honeybee in. Which is, yeah, I'm gonna talk about that for a while. Um, and then he's like, "Yeah, old man, let's go VIP." And like, come on, he's like, "Come on, bro." And he's like, "No, I'm, go- no, I'm not going with you." And I was like, "Kill this guy." <laughs> I mean, again, props to Yuri Lorenzo actually voicing Johnny. He just he really got that wackiness of oh, that Johnny out Yuri. Oh my god, that was Yuri. I forgot. <laughs> See, I hate Johnny so much that I still hate the character. Sorry, Yuri, you can't say this. <laughs> <laughs> not. <laughs> not the voice acting it's the writing it's, it's it, among other things it's just i was on a podcast on saturday i think it was and we were talking about uh we, we talked about the hideki kamiya thing right with the jrpg thing oh yeah remember um, that did we talk about that 
We did not. Here. Okay. Loosely speaking, it, J, uh, the term JRPG has come under fire by certain people, including by Square Enix, because they get they think of it as a kind of derogatory term because there's RPGs and then there's JRPGs. Hideki Kamiya, of all people, noted that he's actually happy about the distinction because it's a culture difference about how you think of you know one culture interpreting RPGs and characters versus the other. A great example in this case would be, say, Final Fantasy VII versus Baldur's Gate. Which is, of course, a, very much a Western RPG versus an Eastern RPG, and, and, it, and it's not an insult to either. It's just like, hey, we see things differently, and th they see things differently, and thus we create two very different kinds of RPGs. And I actually appreciated that he actually talked about how Bayonetta was actually unintentionally inspired by Kratos because Platinum wanted to make a character like Kratos, but they couldn't really wrap their heads around the concept, so they're like, let's do it our way. They made Bayonetta instead. I mean, a Greek god killer versus an Umbran witch. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that culture. works well. <laughs> and, and I dig it, but like, this is another example of like that kind of culture difference because I would not want that character or character like uh, Teddy. There we go. I forgot the character. Like Teddy, I would not want that that kind of character in my games, in my books, anywhere. I can't stand that kind of character. And it, there's always that kind of character in a JRPG. It's just like, oh, but he's comedy. That's dumb comedy. That's Kevin, <laughs> that's Kevin Hart comedy, and that's the worst kind of comedy at all. Faith would probably argue with you on that oh, one. Oh, she can't. She's if she wants to come back to this podcast after sleeping with Pokemon for what we got like four weeks now, if she wants to come back and try to defend Kevin Hart. She can try, and she will lose. All right, <laughs> Kevin Hart, Teddy, Johnny, throw them all on the fire. I don't care. Throw them all on the fire. My only real question. And I know, obviously, I'll get the answer once I beat the game, is that I've only got, by Will's uh, correction from last week, because he said there was only 13 chapters in the game. There's 18. So I'm glad you corrected that, Will. But I, um, I'm i in chapter 14. I still haven't gotten read yet. Uh, he is very late. And very I, late. And, I, and, I, and, I, and that makes me sad, because I do remember him in the original game, I think. I don't remember now. But I know of the character, and he's literally on the art for Remake Intergrade. And, like, I'm not going to get him to, like, very late in the game. Where's the fun in that? I want my freaking Fire Tiger, dude. Like, come on! <laughs> Sadly, Red 13 is, like, um, he is more or less the lead in character for Rebirth. And, like, uh, spoilers, you can't control him. So... Lame. Lame. But, overall, I'm still very much enjoying the game, Johnny aside. Um... They, they, how they've expanded things, how they've rendered things compared to the last, uh, to the original entry. I'm, I'm gonna be sad that I can't continue it for a while because I don't know when Rebirth's gonna come to PC. It won't be for at least a year. <laughs> Not for, yeah, at least a year because and you have to hope that Square Enix doesn't do an Epic Games, uh, exclusive again for yeah. another like six months. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're Kingdom Hearts, just forever. I mean, if anything else, like because with that recent uh, partnership with Square Enix and uh, Microsoft PC, so maybe make it that thing earlier, faster. I don't know. So I don't want it on Windows Store. I don't like the <laughs> Windows Store for PC games. Yeah, just get get put it on Steam so we can all be happy, please. Uh, also, one more thing. Um, how did how is it only one person realized that Barrett has a gun arm? Like, <laughs> apparently it's normal yeah jo 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 uh i when i ended last week's talk about the game i had just gotten to the uh, cloud cross-dressing scene and 
immediately after that was when you go meet up with Tifa and blah blah blah. And she doesn't recognize Cloud in the dress. How? Like, oh, oh, the the makeup, that dress. Now that I know, thank you. Moving on. I know. This is like there is okay. Come on, she it doesn't look that different. Yes, he's in a dress, but he does not look that different. It's it, he has like the same hair, the same face that you know for years and years. How do you not know that's Cloud Woman? Come on. Clearly. <laughs> the game is so weird at times. I'm sorry. But uh, so I highly recommend if you haven't played it yet. And I, it took me forever to finally get to play it. Because, again, I bought this last year. And I, I am going to be really sad when this is over. Because it's, it's been a fun time, some weirdness aside. But, uh, yeah. Been, I'm going to be like, what am I going to be playing next? Like, do, I have to, do I really have to go back to Persona 4 after this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't have to do it out of obligation. But it'll no, be nice. I, I got to finish it. I got to finish the fight, Will. I got to finish the fight. But it's just, compared to this, it's so boring. <laughs> like... I, I don't, I, again, Persona 5 was just so much better. It really was. Like, I was engrossed in that for 110 hours. I can barely stand to think of, like, 30 for Persona 4. <laughs> just like, can we just move on, please? Anyway. Uh, but, yeah, that that's what I've been playing. We'll be talking about Fire Emblem uh, Heroes later. Well, so. All right, I'll hold. Okay, so Fire Emblem Heroes out, Splatoon out. So, yeah. Um, just to also piggyback on you as well, to, uh, like, I actually happened as well going back into FF7 Remake myself and actually play, actually starting up the Yuffie DLC. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just like going back into it, fresh slate and normal, normal. Like I still, even like I remember dying a little bit from the basic enemies, just of how different, of course, the and obviously under level I was compared to like new, new game save data. And yeah, Yuffie, if you haven't played Yuffie yet, by all means, it's just like this is basically a taste of what is to come <laughs> with rebo- uh, rebirth. And yeah, like. Yuffie's place out is completely different. And like again, the ninjutsu throw. Uh, the balance between distance and a close close range combat is definitely quite a uh, definitely a change up if anything else. And of course, naturally, uh, I haven't reached up to that point yet. But uh, once you get your your partner C on, then yeah, you you notice like how the combo system is gonna be the taste of the combo system that will be, will be continue on in uh, rebirth. So one and I. But more, more majority of the time, I'm basically I'm still in sector seven. I just got to the area, so I just finished up the the main uh, Fort Condor mission with the mini game. Uh, There's a whole don't, thing don't, with that. Don't don't do too many spoilers. I'm saving it to great till I'm done with the main campaign. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. It, it's just a mini game thing, but like it is quite it is kind of addictive. If anything else, just because like oh uh, like I think you appreciate the strategy here, uh, Todd. I'll just leave it at that. So yeah. yeah, it's and, a um, lot yeah. different than Fort Condor is in uh, <laughs> in the. OG game, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, so there's that. But yeah, just I finished up the main that that mini game uh, silent quest quest line, and um, yeah, just about it. And if anything else, uh, other things, uh, yeah, I, I would talk about soon. But again, we will save that for later. So, <laughs> and of course, um, yeah, that's just pretty much it. It has been generally like we, aside from yeah, going for Pokemon Sleep, and I'm just glad, finally glad to see that. Um, I think it was a few days ago, but uh, Pokemon Sleep will be getting updates for new Pokemon, uh, new updates, having a dark mode. Thank God. <laughs> like, I don't Hooray. need a bl- white light fl- like flashbang my eyes in the, in the morning or night. For like, please put a dark mode already. But I digress. So, yeah. So, overall, it has been like we got size one of the two major games we'll be talking about uh, uh, in the news section. So, overall, eh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I understand that, and and I I am very curious about Yuffie because I do remember, okay, I remember getting out of Midgar, 
in the first game. Like I remember that, and then I I, I got bored for some reason, and I stopped. So I I never got to get Yuffie because she was like a, an optional character that you. Could yeah, get. she's literally like an RNG character. You exactly. get the party. I, I looked that up, and I remember like that's stupid. Like, <laughs> that is weird. I get Yuffie in the OG. I, and remember, I played the original Final Fantasy. Okay, I guess I did. You can't remember per se, but I uh, played the original game after Kingdom Hearts. Mm. So, like, <laughs> so my knowledge of Yuffie and Leon slash Squall were yeah. were like framed because of Kingdom Hearts, where they were like really epic characters and whatever. Same with Aerith to a lesser extent and Tifa. But like, I'm like, oh yeah, Yuffie, she's like a really important character. No, she's just an optional character you can get. Like that, that no. <laughs> My first playthrough, I never even got her. <laughs> She's like, yeah, like, what the heck? <laughs> like, I was so confused on people talking about Yuffie, and then I had to like go to like the old like the cheat CC fags or facts. Like you have all those yeah, well, questions watch, and watch answers. The, watch the letters you're using there, dude. I know it's always confusing. I'm sorry. FAQs is that Thank better? No. <laughs> that that would be actually that way you don't slip and say that other word again. Yes. Uh. <laughs> and I had to figure out that way. That's how you get Yuffie. I almost like beat the game the first time without having her. I was wondering why so many people were talking about her. It was like, who is this character? Why don't I have her? And it's like, oh, apparently she's random. Yeah. Like okay. Like I I know it was back in the like era, way back when like when RG was was matter, but the fact you had to get, get a. a a recruitable party member via RNG. What? <laughs> it was so weird. Yeah, and that that that, just, that also makes me wonder why was she picked for Kingdom Hearts? Because if she's like an optional character, did like the people who did get her just love her so much that like, yeah, let's just put Yuffie because we need a ninja because you know fantasy, I guess. I don't know. I mean, and then Leon was Leon was the leader, and not like Cloud, because who was of course your rogue mercenary you met in the Coliseum, which was awesome, but still, um, yeah, it was just weird choosing. And like, oh yeah, Yuffie's so important. No, she's an optional character. <laughs> what? Yep. The more you know, ladies and gentlemen. And Scott, how about you? Alrighty, so um, I guess the first game that I've been playing, I haven't. I'm playing it for review, but. It's already came out, so I'm already laid out anyways. But it's a Affogato, which is a new indie game. Affogato? Affogato. David? It's interesting. So the premise is basically you are a person getting a new a coffee shop. And it is very, very heavily inspired by Persona series. <laughs> okay. Because it has the same calendar system, it has a similar social link system when it comes to outside of the gameplay elements. And you basically are, part of it is actually learning and making the coffee recipes, which is actually kind of cool. And then the other part of it is what they call a reverse tower defense. Where basically you have your characters walking and trying to survive the towers the enemy puts in. And you can change up your characters, change up like the cards you get, which adds more characters or adds less or adds to healers and stuff. But you only have like a, a small amount of resources that gets more resources as you destroy more of their like tower characters. And your the goal pretty much is to find out more about this more, I guess, really demon that's using you as a familiar because you are a witch and it's kind of interesting i'm still not really in the beginning elements i'm a little farther than that but i'm still trying to figure out some of the mechanics of it all 
but it is kind of interesting and i really do appreciate the art style it's an anime art style of course when it comes to 2d but it has like more like 3d chibi style when it goes to the actual gameplay that's so very stylistic approach fun game so far um i also played the kakarot dlc that just came out because i am a dragon ball z fanboy who will always buy literally everything if you put <laughs> dragon ball z on the name I'm surprised like this. I mean, I granted Kakarot was uh, wasn't as well received like Dragon Ball Fighters, but like it, it was decent, like was the universe and all that. So okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. The I... only way that I would say Kakarot would be like the game that I'd want for my life would be if it's turn based, <laughs> uh... like Attack of the Saiyans. But you know, that's the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I I saw a cutscene. For the uh, for the world tournament uh, DLC, and it's been a long, long, long time since <laughs> I watched the original Dragon Ball. The original Dragon Ball, not Dragon Ball Z before mm, Z. OG Kid, Kid Kid Goku, the OG Kid Goku, not GT Kid Goku. That's another thing entirely. We don't like to talk about it. <laughs> we don't need to. We don't need to. <laughs> Super Saiyan Four wasn't too bad though. Um, yeah. It had, it had its moments. I remember hating Giru from the beginning. It's like that's another one of them annoying characters. Yeah. I'm just like, get rid of that guy. Anyway, uh, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. So I, I saw a cutscene, and it was the final strike of Goku beating Demon King Piccolo. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that that was cool. The charge attack, like blowing a hole through his chest, which is totally anime. Remember that's supposed to be kind of a kid show, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot though that apparently the Piccolo we know was born in that moment because the Demon King shot an egg out of his mouth. Yep. Which is entirely random, and I don't remember Namekians being born that way. It's only because of the way that, um, I guess the whole lore thing, but there's two types of Namekians. There is the say, like Sage, and there's also the Fighters. Okay. Sages have the ability to create Namekians, but also other creatures through just ingest, like, I guess getting eggs out of their mouth that was a big thing in the og dragon ball 2 was uh king piccolo constantly made up all his minions by just getting eggs oh god and spitting mm. them out <laughs> so this was a demon king piccolo learning how to actually make a namekian for the first time basically because the other things were just like demon inbred kind of namekians like they weren't actual namekians but they weren't actual like demons they're like a weird mix and then mm -mm -mm. our Piccolo was the first time he successfully created a baby, which is <laughs> so wrong. Yeah, it's so many levels. <laughs> I mean, think about it in current gear. It's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but just 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 the visual, because again, I haven't watched the original Dragon Ball decades at least. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm 33, <laughs> so that feels accurate. But and that was on Toonami, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah, uh, it was. It was after Z on Toonami, though. Oddly yeah. enough. I remember that because I was like, wait a minute, there was Dragon Ball before Dragon Ball Z, which makes sense, obviously. They have a prequel series? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So remember, Dragon Ball Z was what brought anime to America for most people, but yep. no story entirely. But yeah, I was like, I don't remember, I actually don't remember the end, like the ending arc, like with that, with the him versus Piccolo. I remember oh. Piccolo being there. I remember, mm -hmm. like, you know, Pan and Tambourine and. Uh, uh, some of the other characters. I don't remember the ending. I don't remember that World Warrior tournament for whatever mm. reason. Either I didn't watch it or I just blocked it out for whatever reason. 
I don't think Toonami had that arc on for a long time. Maybe that so. was it. It was a long yeah. time before like, I believe I remember it. everything in Dragon Ball. Well, not everything. But, like, pretty much everything in Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> the important things. <laughs> the important things. Raditz, Saiyan arc, Frieza yeah. arc, Cell arc, Majin arc, which actually I actually liked. And, you know, then yeah. GT happened. And, yeah. Um, GT was a mess. <laughs> there's a reason GT was one year. Okay. Like, yeah. Let's just, let's just put it that way. But I do not remember Piccolo, our Piccolo, being born because his demon daddy, after getting impaled through the chest by Kid Goku, shot an egg out of his mouth. I would. That seems like something I would have remembered. <laughs> and so watching this in video game form, I'm like, wait. And the Mandela effect going on. <laughs> remember, our Piccolo is a boss. All right. Yeah. He's not. He's not the dad that Gohan had. He's the dad who stepped up. Right. <laughs> okay. He he was there, always there. Better or worse, life or death, he was there. And Piccolo is awesome. And like now, I have to remember. Oh yeah, he was. He was born from an egg out of a demon. And he was originally yeah. a bad guy. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Here's what I want to say is the OG, because we also have Yamcha and Krillin, who are also OG bad guys, and then Tien, oh, yeah, also yeah, yeah, OG yeah, yeah. bad guy. Yeah. Dra Dragon Ball, where everybody but Goku is a bad guy, but Goku no, beats Bulma. them into morality. No. Bulma. Bulma, Bulma shot yeah, that she kid. Did. She, she did was a bad Goku. guy, too. Roshi. <laughs> That's fair. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Roshi may not be the most moral person, but he also is not a bad morally, guy. But he's not a bad guy. There's a yeah, there's difference between perverted and evil, as I'm sure many people on the internet will tell you. Um, <laughs> also, Jiraiya exists in Naruto, and yes, <laughs> he's not a bad guy. And let's not forget there was a death battle between those two. <laughs> Wait, yeah, what, what was that? There was a death battle between Jiraiya and uh, Master Roshi, remember? Oh, uh, yeah, I was about to mention that, actually. Because <laughs> even Chad was like, man, we're really hamming it up with the perverted stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's I guess what the, that's what the characters are about. <laughs> so, anyway. But uh, all I can say is anime, everybody. <laughs> anime. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. All right, anything so, else, Scott? So, yes, the DLC was good. Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah, I did. I also continued my Genshin Impact finally after year. Well, I wouldn't say years. Right, later, right. The so Fontaine not doing update, anything. Because yeah. Fontaine came out, and it actually is really fun. <laughs> there actually, yeah, like, no, uh, smite spoilers, but there is a trial sequence in the game as well. I just saw on yeah. Twitch. I really appreciate, I mean, a lot of people are getting angry that the Hydro, like, Traveler isn't that good. But I don't even really care because he is so much fun to play as. <laughs> like the Hydro Traveler may have crappy like numbers and statistics and abilities, but he uses he has a freaking Gatling gun in his ability, and it's amazing just to use, especially just need to apply a, a lot of Hydro to stuff. Mm, it's just yeah. fun. So screw all those people who want to meta scale it. I don't care. He's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever makes you happy, man. Yeah, and I did get. Uh, the light cone for Kafka on Honkai Star Rail. So I am ah, now, okay. I am now perfected. Well, except for I'm not actually going to go for the C6 and everything. Because <laughs> screw that. I am not a whale. <laughs> I am not uh, a whale. I am not a whale. I would not spend more money on I a game a that's free. <laughs> I am 40. Sports reference. See, I know sports. I know sports. But yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Okay, gentlemen, deep breath. It's time to unleash our fury and talk about other things because it's it's news time. Yeah. So, it's time to go down the warp pipe. And first, we have fury.
Because in the last Splatfest, the Splatfest that arguably could have been titled the most important Splatfest in the history of ever, it was money versus fame versus love, and love lost, and money won. <sighs> Like, okay, I get it that, okay, one was shiver leading the charge for money. That, okay, they probably got the popular part with shiver. And, but again, the fact that Splatoon 1, love 1. Splatoon 2, love 1. But we were on a good trend, but no, you, people, they just want money. Again, back going back to the beginning, have we really fallen this up to agree? And yes, Todd, you answered already. I was being like, yes, we have fallen that to the point. Like, I wanted love to win, to have some hope. That we as players in society at least have some high, um, what's the, what's the word, uh, rationality to choose <laughs> love over money. But nope, not at all. We're regressing. In the words of Jared Leto, we live in a society where honor is but a distant memory. Isn't that right, Batman? Ah, ah. Ah, ah. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm damaged. What can you say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm damaged at the end of this point because after the, when we post the results, oh, our dear ghost from the grave parted dear host yeah. was freaking on to us. Like, like freaking, oh, the haunted ghost of Tyler has come back. And ah, after six years of the making, I have returned. Yeah. Like, jeez. Oh, Tyler, not- if you're listening to the, in this podcast, like, and we're not joking either. After the podcast results, oh, sorry, the Splatfest results came out, uh, Will made just a generic post on Twitter, and I replied to it saying, we are never going to hear the end of this. We did not tag Tyler at all. Five minutes later, Tyler is there laughing at us, <laughs> replying multiple times just to let us know that his conspiracy was finally, finally proven. And that love was never supposed to win. Money should have won Splatoon 2 and blah, blah, blah. He even promised to mock us for an entire day, even reserving a spot in his oh-so-busy schedule. That was quotation marks if you couldn't tell. uh, Just to mock us. And yeah. How did love lose exactly? And here's here's why I want to ask. Here's why I want to ask. Because Will can speak to this too, and I think Scott can as well. We had, over the course of those three days, so many mirror matches and by that we mean we were facing team love <laughs> i cannot tell you how many times i faced team love in turf war and then and on sunday when i decided to do some uh tricolor battles i faced off against not one but two team loves multiple times four times in a row before i finally got a, a fame versus love versus money how and then we lost how is that possible when we're literally only losing to ourselves it is just like that's one thing I have. Like, okay, on one hand, okay, I was hoping that there may be some like uh, alternations or whatever. Okay, fine. On the other hand, I'm gonna be like pro and say ragged and like I'm supposed to. <laughs> and just for for the sake of reference, again, in terms of votes, uh, fame had nine point ten percent. Love, we had forty six point no forty three point sixty two percent, while money had forty seven point twenty eight percent of the votes. So like. I, I, we did not have the majority of the votes in the Splatfest. So I was surprised myself. Like, I was getting so many love matches myself. Like, even the other uh, the other love team I was facing, sometimes just, like, get into the middle, just, like, fooling around, just, like, uh, like yeah, squid bagging, just for the sake of it. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> another another love matchup? Come on, really? 
And like, unfortunately, I had with one hundred times match, which I did lost, unfortunately. But I did get a couple of uh, times ten. But it's just like, what? And um, j- just for the record as well, uh, for the for the rest of the stats, um, op- on the open stat, we um, love took took it with thirty three point eighty five percent of the votes. In the pro league, Fame won that with thirty six point ninety six percent of the votes. While in the tricolor battle. Money basically took it off with thirty four point nineteen percent of the vote of the of the wins right there, and it's like everyone on, on Twitter is more or less has has more uh, complained with the platoon team or Nintendo is basically like, can you please let us have the option to like um not have same team Splatfest matchups in Splatfest? Like heck, I, we will gladly wait in more time for the queue system. Like okay, we'll wait for more to have a proper three uh proper tricolor turf war instead of a same team tricolor turf war like you could maybe in this like coming update maybe but we were hoping to, that the, the Splatoon team will have an option to have a toggle option a photo option whatever something to that will prevent us from having a mirror match like this again to actually like yes we can finally face up properly instead of these constant mirror same team matchups which is like and, and again I had four tricolor mirror matches in a row I don't get it. That's like, and again, so we weird. lost. We lost tricolor. <laughs> you lost, yeah, the tricolor match, matchup is like what? Like, I, if, if it was the case, I would like completely. Once the tricolor tour four went live, I would just like simply uh, go full ham on tricolor tour four if that was the case. But even in tricolor tour four, I've also like you, Todd. I had like same same team color matches at many times over, and rarely have I gotten like a, a, a uh, the three team matchups because again, this record is a reminder. Fame had only nine point ten percent of the votes. So like, would it would it kill the team as platoon three to have a photo option to like I don't know have an extended queue time to get those nine point ten percent of players who voted for fame into tricolor Tour four? Sure, I'll gladly pay, wait an extra few times in the queue system. But no, they want us to keep on playing as soon as possible, even if it means our same teams. Like, but uh, team, if you're listening to this podcast, by all means, please give us an a toggle option to filter out these kind of matchups, please. We don't want to do mirror matches all the time. I mean, I only did uh, two matches, and one of them was a mirror match, and one of them was oddly enough against Team Fame. (laughs) I won both of them, by the way, but it's just weird that so many mirror matches are going on, and you could just easily just wait a little longer, hopefully. Unless there really was, like, nobody on Team Money actually trying to play the game. <laughs> yeah, they just like, chose uh, their side and decided to leave forever. <laughs> there was actually one bug, uh, like one bug uh, matchmaking I had. Where I actually, I actually wait, had a queue time of up to past one thousand seconds. I kid you not, I did took a shot. And it's like <laughs> it, it, it was a bug, no doubt about that. But like, yeah, I had a, there, there was a queue system. I, I actually meet past that. There was a character limit of nine hundred ninety nine seconds passed already. But so if they please, uh, Splatoon team. Please put in a toggle option for this next Splatfest or whatever in the future because we do not want to play same team matchups again in Splatfest anymore. We want it legit. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. And I know this is like Tyler's like la- laughing and mocking at us, but here- here's the deal. I think I really know why, uh, why Love lost. And here's why. The difference between Splatoon 1 in Japan and Splatoon 2 everywhere else and Splatoon 3 everywhere is that this time there were three options and all it takes is that little bit of division 
some people to go away from team love to go to team fame and that's all money needed to 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 eke out a win and of course there was totally some bullcrap going on again with the mirror matches and everything but that that's what i really if you want to talk about, about conspiracy tyler you needed to have another team enter the fray just so money could pull off a win and, mm-hmm, and it wasn't even mm-hmm. a sweep which i know you would have loved you didn't get no dang sweep and remember as will said uh fame had 10 percent of the player base and yet had won one of the competitions make that make sense and love had most people and yet only won one make that make sense so yeah uh the, the re- this is the real conspiracy nintendo uh, opened up the player base more, and so some people are like, hey, let's just do Team Fame this time. And Love paid the price. Love always pays the price. <laughs> and this is why we don't have a third party candidate. <laughs> well, not a good one anyway. <laughs> hey, I'm going to run in three years, and so vote, vote for Todd. Yeah, and my my platform will be, hey, I hosted a podcast. I could totally run a nation. <laughs> that can't, can't be that hard. <laughs> Like, hey, I've I ran a podcast for like I'll see you know, three years. It'll be like another, a couple, like at least another hundred or so episodes. So yeah, like I've run a podcast for like four hundred plus episodes. I I could do consistency and leadership and yelling at people beneath me. Shut up, Will. So see right there, so easy, <laughs> so easy. So yeah, we uh we're not happy about this. We are we are not. And if there is a Splatoon four, there's gonna be a Splatoon four. Um, and they do gonna have four teams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if they do with the fatal four way, like like I feel that they might. I don't want them to, but they could. Uh, we're going to have our revenge in Splatoon four, and then Tyler, it'll be three out of four times, which will prove that our conspiracy theory was right, and we uh. got screwed in Splatoon three. <laughs> so, now go back to the Shatterverse where you belong. All right, gotta go fast. <laughs> All right. Uh, now let's actually we're gonna keep it on Splatoon because there was quite a bit of news that dropped today, further adding to our conspiracy theory about Team Love because Nintendo has not only announced the new uh, Splatoon 3 spe- season, not only announced Amiibo, but has announced the next Splatfest. That's right, they've announced the next Splatfest a week, less than a week, that after the last one came out. It's almost as if they're trying to make us forget what just happened. <laughs> Hmm. Just, I'm just saying. No. I know. I know. <laughs> just uh, keep keeping keeping your thoughts. Keeping your thoughts. So uh, let's start out with the new season. It's going to be called Drizzle Season, appropriate for fall. It'll be coming out on September 1st, and it'll feature your standard stuff, your new stages for both Turf War and a Salmon Run, new gear, a couple of new weapons, some new challenges, including one with inkjets, uh, new cards for a tabletop turf war. Tabletop turf war? Tabletop turf war. I mean, I'm sure Toph would love it. I mean, she can't Most see. She can't <laughs> see it, but, you know, she could like, I played this card. No, you can't play that card, Toph. I played this card then. No, <laughs> the only thing Toph can't be champion, a card game. <laughs> I summon Exodia. <laughs> that, that's a Karibo. That's a Karibo. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> Uh, love you, tough. But um, so uh, all all your standard stuff. It's it's gonna be a good time. I actually like that they're continuing with this because it just gives that you know that little extra more. And so we'll probably get the next one in what November, December, probably. 
So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Give it like it's like every season, every like three months per se, yeah. and like yeah, just like of course naturally the whole uh, fish pun on the stage, like crab leg capital and a ship shaped cargo, like basically on the the icy glacier ships is like okay, good stuff. And especially the new weapon is called the heavy edit splatling, which is again nice uh, reference on the office tools. But yeah, I'm just looking at the trailer right now, and like yeah, they're doing a lot more, especially cosmetic wise, because like. In one in one hand, like you only could change where your hat in one style, but you actually can flip that your hat now and you actually wear it backwards. So yes, so a bit more co uh, cosmetic changes in that, as well as returning salmon stages with the salmon smoke smoke yard, as well as new work suits, which is now they are done in camo uh, designs now and and polka dots. As well. So yeah, even more for you uh, salmon run enthusiasts out there. And like you said, Todd, there's gonna be new cards, new. Yeah, even a new uh, challenge mode for the injects, inkjet modes for everyone. So that's gonna be even more annoying. And yeah, new modifier matches for that for those uh, challenge types. So it is overall. I'm just very glad to see like as we approach the the one year anniversary of Splatoon three, like they really are continuing on with support. So by all means, if they keep it up and like again, as we said earlier, please put in the toggle option for Splatfest. Uh, but overall. I'm just glad that uh, the team is still supporting this game for so long. So again, to one year, then hopefully in a, another year to come, I believe. I think it was like two years of full support, if I recall correctly. So yeah, I, I can't wait to see what's next after this drizzle season. Yeah, so that that was the first piece of big news. The second piece, which made Will really happy, is that we're going to get a trio of Amiibo for this again. <laughs> This time, it is the three members of Deep Cuts. Yes. Shiver Fry and Big Man. You were saying? I was saying, like, Shiver Fry and Big Man. I mean, I'm getting all three. I'm getting that three-pack. If they, if they decide to go and release that, th that three-pack, like like they did with, um the, uh yeah, Pearl Marina and, uh, and Off the Hook, by all means, I'm just going to take the three-pack like they did with the... Um, I, they also did release an earlier um, of the other... Basic uh, Inklings and uh, Octolings of Splatoon 3. But yeah, they, oh, here's hope. They are not in Japan, so I, I don't see why not they will not release here West Side. And yeah, just seeing like these boys. And we will be releasing in November, and this will be during the time I think uh, when uh, here in, in New York is going to be held in Anime NYC. I think that the 12th or 19th, one of those dates. But yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, November 17th. November 17th. And yeah, just seeing, seeing finally, we finally have a deep cut amiibos. And of course, naturally, Big Man is a big man. He's basically similar size to the Guardian amiibo of uh, Breath of the Wild. So, and, and yet, we still haven't even gotten the, the Tears of the Kingdom uh, with Ganondorf and <laughs> Zelda yet. So, yeah, amiibo collectors, you're going to be going broke a little bit. So, like, I, I can't wait for these amiibos. Naturally, take my money. Take my money. And as I, I can't help but wonder what kind of armor is going to unlock when you scan them. So that that thing will be for it. Of course, taking shots with Shiver, Big Man, and Fry in the stages. I mean, why not? I, I always love taking pictures with them. <laughs> yeah, I just... I, I think this is good. I know a lot of people like Will are going to enjoy it, and that's cool. It is sad that once again, we have to wait a long time for these Amiibo. I, w I think it would have been better if they could have released it in September because it gets the one-year anniversary, which is why all this news is coming out right now. But hey, you know, take what you can get, right? So. <laughs> Might as well. Right, right, right. And of course, naturally, that final topic, going back to that earlier, an announcing that Splatfest, 
It's like, yeah, who would be the great, the greatest leader of deep of deep cut? Is it Shiver? Is it Fry? Or is it Big Man? And <laughs> some some people on Twitter basically hinted as well, like, yeah, that combo at the end with Shiver. Like, okay, since I am the leader of this group, I know how to. I'm gonna introduce you to our pyramid schemes. Like, what? <laughs> like, what are you? How? Why were you the leader? And also, can you explain more of those pyramid schemes? Fry said, like. Okay, now we're, we're going back to the age-old debate of every single Splatoon top, Splatfest topic of every single game. Which item is better? Is this Shiver, Fry, or Big Man? And I'm so uh, here's hoping that Fry actually has a decent number of votes. But uh, yeah, as much as I hate Fry for, of course, you representing power, and of course, now you representing money... I'm gonna go back to you, Shiver, because again, I love you, Shiver, for the most part. And you guys remind me of freaking. I would say, what was it? Uh, shoot, what was her name? Uh, dang, it, I forgot her name in in, in in Three Houses. Crap. But uh, yeah, just <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm by all means, I'm going back to Shiver just because yeah, it's Shiver, and of course, people is gonna be hating me. Like, oh no, no, Shiver, like, we don't need to give Shiver another victory anymore. Wait, like, did someone say power? <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I too will be going with Team Shiver. I could have gone Big Man. I'm not gonna lie. I, I just because I, I I'm a big guy myself, and you know we be Big Man got to stick together. But you know Shiver's blue. <laughs> I'm, I'm a basic dude. It's uh yeah. Blue bada bee bada ba. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was, for the record, that was a song I, I loved more than life itself at one point in time. That and all the small things. Now, that's what I call music, volume four, anybody? Uh, yeah. Oh, my. Back now you're really, now you're just, you're just hurting us, hurting our listeners here right now of how old we are. Oh, no, you want to hear how old we are? I'll tell you how old we are. When we had, now that's what I call music, they could actually uh, put the songs on the disc without having to edit the songs. <laughs> without having to blur out the cuss words and suggestive uh, comments like in any Cardi B song that they put on there. And now, and then you don't have to technically worry about what the kids are singing. No, we actually had the good music on the CD in its entirety. That's uh, the good old we're... Attitude Era days. Oh, man. Of course, naturally. Like, yeah, just put that as a litmus test for it, and it will tell you how old, how old that person is. Like, oh, can you still remember? Like, tell me why. Oh, the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh geez. yeah, those are the days. But yeah, uh, I, I I'm really surprised by this one, to be honest with you, because typically when they do like the team against each other, like with Cali and Marie, and to lesser extent, uh, lesser extent, for Marina, that was at the end, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because that that set up the next game in one form or another, like with the storyline for Splatoon two and the side dish content that we still haven't heard anything about yet. By the where way. is that? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, for a for a Splatoon three. So why are they doing this one now? Mm. I wonder. I mean, could they just want to get out of the way? Did they just think it'd be a fun topic to do for the one year anniversary? Questions, gentlemen. I have questions. I mean, it, it, will like, you get answers? No, <laughs> we're not. We're not gonna give answers for why love lost. So why should we ask? Uh, I mean, again, you like you, you chose chaos over order, and like I saw that 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 no, final topic. Wait, in actually, too. no, 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 no. I did not. Oh, Tyler didn't? chose chaos. You chose order. I chose balance. 
<laughs> right, 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 right. right, right the right. Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn thing. <laughs> so, yeah. If I had a choice, I would have signed with Team Chaos. But because, like, I'm sorry, you want to try and control this? Have you seen my hair? My gosh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but, but yeah. For going back to your early question, like having this thing done now. So either, I, I like you said, like perhaps you want to get a, a jump start of it to develop for Splatoon Four when it comes down to that line. Like, yeah, like whoever wins this will be the main team of Splatoon Four or what else. And of course, naturally, like the the Splatfest beforehand will lead up to creation so i don't know that is speculation speculation yeah. so you know it'd be kind of cool though if the splatfest did kind of dictate how the other splatoons will go possible we'll find out we'll find out but we won't find out why love lost because it shouldn't have lost anyway next up let's go let's talk about another company we have some fury with the pokemon company <laughs> mm -hmm. all right uh so let's let's start up with the uh, with the, the topic that a lot of people have been talking about. So uh, this week was the Pokemon World Championships for the card game, and and for the game game, which by the way, some people got kicked out for cheating. I'm sorry, you <laughs> you, you really went to the World Championships and tried to cheat, as if they weren't going to, you know, be on the lookout for that. How? No, who would have thunk? Uh, anyway, so during that time, the CEO of the Pokemon Company uh, did an interview with various websites, and they talked about the, uh, how should we say this? They weren't actually allowed to ask about Gen 9, but so someone got around that by asking about like the release schedule for the Pokemon games and how they happened at more or less a certain clip. And so the COO, Takato Utsunomiya, Utsunomiya, whatever, uh, said, quote, I think in general, if you look at the past, the path we've taken up until now has been this constant release, always regularly releasing products on a fairly fixed kind of a cadence, you might say, always having these products able to be introduced in new experiences for our customers, and that's how we've operated until now. I think we're still operating in that way, but there's more and more conversations as the development environments change about how we continue to do this while making sure that we're ensuring really quality products are also being introduced, end quote. Huh! You don't say. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what he could be referring to. It's not as though he's referring to the botched launch of a major title that has been talked about ever since November. Jeez. Uh, look, I know that this was a loose, not a shot, but a loose reference to Gen 9 and the, and the launch with the bugs and everything. But just come out and say it, dude. <laughs> just come out and say we should have done better with Gen 9. That's on us. We won't do it again. But instead, he's like, oh, yeah, we're just going to see if we can keep releasing at a good clip while maintaining quality. The fact that you have to say that is bad. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm just saying. Clearly, you don't either. You're not talking. I have no idea. Look, Same here. I really don't. <laughs> look, I, I think what this really boils down to is that the Pokemon Company, I don't want to say in their arrogance, but in their... <laughs> no, I, I really don't think this is a, this was an arrogance thing. I think this was more of a... What's the right word? Um, Their, their confidence, I suppose? Their... Overconfidence? No, no I, I wouldn't go overconfidence per se. I go more of like their like their legacy like they're mm. 
they're they like they released so many great games and yes each one had their flaws that's just how gaming works yeah but, I mean, there is no perfect game except for chrono trigger Wow. <laughs> actually watched the uh escapist about that recently he actually talked about why it's not that perfect of the game but i will i will digress um what, what i'm talking about i watched here... it he didn't convince me <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee i wonder why um no what, what i'm talking about here is that they've had you know so many big releases with so much praise and of course massive sales even they had like a down point like with you know unova they bounced back with XY, and then Sun and Moon, of course, blew the roof off the place because they changed a lot of things. And they were probably thinking, okay, we can release Arceus and Scarlet and Violet in the same year, and it won't be a problem. Well! <laughs> <laughs> Looks like there were problems. <laughs> there were lots of problems. <laughs> so, look, if this, is, if this is the worst thing that ever happens with the Pokemon Company in terms of you know their releases, let's just take this as it is, a lesson learned, hopefully never repeated, and then we can move on. If they fail with whatever comes next, whether it be a Legends title or Gen 10 a couple of years down the road for like the new Nintendo console, whatever it is. Oh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we don't have Nintendo Successor Reverse today. Thank finally. God. Oh, finally. I was waiting for them. I was waiting. I have been waiting. But no, they didn't come. Uh, but if, if this is the worst bump in the road that they have, great. They they made a mistake. They'll fix it next time. I can I can live with that. Oh, of course, uh, 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 this pertains to the DLC as well. Like, don't screw up the DLC. We should be good, which we'll be talking about in a second. But like, seriously, just just don't. Okay, <laughs> don't don't make keep making these mistakes. All right. Uh, the other thing that the CEO talked about was about Pokemon Go and Pokemon Sleep. An odd pairing, we grant you. But the thing that many people have noticed is that both of these games. Both these games, yes, they are games, uh, aren't just games. They're also like wellness and healthcare category products. <laughs> One gets you to move a lot, and the other tries to get you to sleep well, which is why it clearly works. Because again, Faith has been asleep for four weeks now. I'm getting maybe it works too worse. well. <laughs> I know that there is such a thing as being too good at your job. Okay, <laughs> even Wolverine has to take a break. Again, he's the best there is at what he does. Right? Okay, just saying. I was expecting more of a laugh there, Scott. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, again, I'm the host. I need this. Okay, I, gotta, I, get, I need something because the love is not there. All right. So okay, I'll, I'll get a button that just has my laugh on repeat. No, <laughs> <I would pass. laughs> like, Scott, I need a laugh. Slams the button. Ah, 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 ah. Okay. Thank you, Scott. Anyway, uh, he talks about uh, why these uh, titles were unintentionally developed the way they were. He goes just to clarify a little bit on the position of the products. We didn't really begin Pokemon Go or Pokemon Sleep with the idea that we wanted to get into the welfare, sorry, he's saying welfare, I don't know why, <laughs> wellness or health care category. It was really more of a focus, an interesting idea where people maybe walk with their Pokemon a lot, or for example, having this game where through your sleep, you're able to interact with Pokemon. That's another way that maybe they sleep more. But the main idea he, there is that it's more integrating Pokemon into people's daily lives. By doing that, we're able to increase their love for Pokemon or also to get more people interested in Pokemon and increase the fan base in general, end quote. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. That's what you call lateral thinking, ladies and gentlemen. And sometimes that's exactly what you need. And elsewhere in the interview, he noted that when Pokemon started Gen 1, 27 years ago, there were a lot of people who were, just in general, like 10 years old. 
or around mm -hmm. that age. We're at Gen 9 now, 27 years later. That means they're at the very least in their 30s, if not older. <laughs> Man, I feel old now. <laughs> I know. I'm right there. I'm, I'm right within that threshold. But uh, so they're not just appealing, in his words, to the younger fan base. They're trying to engage the older fan base who are still connected with the franchise like us. And I appreciate that. Yes, I don't use sleep, and I didn't have a good phone to use Go at the beginning, or I would have totally been addicted, I'm sure, and probably be like, you know, 20 pounds lighter. But uh, okay. I went all my college study in that semester. There you go. <laughs> go. There you go. I, I legit one time was playing Pokemon Go with a friend because he had a good phone in a hospital. We really shouldn't have been, but we were like, oh, there's, a, there's a, like, there's, there was like a, a nice Pokemon like in the like 100 feet in the room. So we're like, okay, is the hallway clear? Can we walk through? We was like tiptoeing through the hospital so we could catch Pokemon. <laughs> anyway, um, but I, I love that they're not just saying like, hey, how can we make this good for the kids? This is, no, let's make it good for all the fans that we've had throughout the generations. And sometimes that means, yeah, you have to do a little more of a wellness check versus just catching them all. It sometimes works. becoming well is the way to catch them all. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hey, props to uh, uh, props to them for making something creative, and let's see where they go from this. Please don't screw up Gen Ten, <laughs> especially because it reminds me of Ben Ten. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see now I got the now they got the theme song stuck in my head. That was a great show. Okay, actually, I need, to, I need to do a brief rant. Can we talk about how the Ben Ten series? over time made Ben dumber. Yeah, that was sad. That was like, okay, like Ben 10 Alien Force was peak Ben. Um, uh, Omniverse, you know, Ultimate Alien wasn't too bad. But then once we got into Omniverse with like the different visual style and he's like a total idiot, I'm just like, this isn't my Ben. And yeah, he, then there's an episode where he gets like an honorary doctorate. I'm just like, can you just like stop torturing Gwen? What did she do to deserve this? <laughs> okay, Gwen, Gwen deserves so much better. And I mean, by better i mean more than kevin levin okay like that was like wow did that come from and then it was like everywhere anyway uh rant over for now also no green lantern totally totally defeats ben 10 i, I am convinced so, <laughs> sorry alien x fans <laughs> you just didn't have the right amount of time time huh <laughs> thanks for the tip uh i have that shirt by the way it's great all right next up we have uh also with pokemon we got a brand new trailer for a Scarlet and Violet DLC. Why wasn't this shown at the recent Pokemon that presents? I don't know. No idea, but it should have been. It, re it really should have. It, it really should have. Okay, so uh, basically, all the starters that aren't in uh, Scarlet and Violet already, of which there are some because of the Terra-type uh, uh, raids, can, can, terror raids, there you go. Yeah. Uh, they are now in the game. So in this case, that is Chespin, uh, Scorbunny, uh, Chimchar, Totodile, Tepig, Litten, Squirtle, Fennekin, Owl, Owlet, Rowlet, <laughs> uh, Owlet, whatever, uh, Snivy, and Mudkip. They, we will be able to have all of them in the game now. Every single one. Now I'm just thinking of Rowlet and a PJ mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, that, and that, but I'm excited for this. <laughs> oh no, I I know you are. I know Faith was because she likes Cyndaquil a lot. 
Uh, I'm a big I'm a big Cyndaquil guy. He's my favorite starter ever. Um, Mudkip's probably right up there too. But then we I, get Bulbasaur and Squirtle. Ah, uh, yep, yeah, those might be goods. Yeah. Ah. So, but yes, you'll be able to get every single starter Pokemon ever in here. But that's not all. There are also going to be brand new Pokemon moves from uh, Psychic Noise to Upper Hand to Tachyon uh, Bolt, I think it was. And another one for the very, uh, very wrong looking Raikou. Seriously, what did you do? What did you do to Raikou? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, I'm scared for Entei. Like, Suicune wasn't bad. And then Raikou's like a giraffe. <laughs> yeah, and... that was something. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, just, we'll just see how that goes. And then there's a tease. And I'm pretty sure the tease in question is for the actual hidden treasure of Area Zero. Because they're teasing a new Terra type. Now, usually we think, oh, they're making a brand new type of Pokemon. Not exactly. They're teasing in this trailer at the end, there's going to be a kind of like crown or sorts. And uh, by collecting all the terror types, you're going to get a new terror type or something. I don't know. So it's going to be like a fusion. I, I'm not sure. But I think this is the hidden treasure of Area Zero is this mystery terror type, whatever it is. Because remember, uh, the, in the teal mask, you're going to another region. For the indigo disc, you're going to the academy in the middle of the ocean. So you're not even near Area Zero. And then in the Pokemon Presents, or it, they basically insinuated that after all that content, you're going to go back to Area Zero. So, And we know that Area Zero is where the Terra Salation was born. So it would make sense that the new Terra type was, is from there, right? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. I, I can see it. You dang right, you can see it. <laughs> it's my idea. I am right. Deal with it. Okay? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That mean you're my dealer? No. So no, I'm your host. <laughs> oh. Now say my name. <laughs> yes. Try, try no. talk. You're gosh dang right. <laughs> so he Will Will's over there like he can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> he won't. Except I will, because I am still the host. Uh, and then a portal opens and Tyler walks through. Oh really? <laughs> no. Stay away, Tyler. Stay away. All right. <laughs> Next up, this is an interesting topic that we, uh, I feel we have to break down because there's been a lot of misconceptions about what's actually going on here. Okay. We're talking about Tears of the Kingdom. For the record, great game. Again, I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. And it sold over 18.5 million as of the end of June, I think it was. So it's clearly over 20 million by now. And there was a report going around saying, and we're basically quoting here, that Tears of the Kingdom and its massive launch was enough to boost the entire GDP of Japan. <laughs> really? Saving the economy. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot to digest here. First of all, this isn't exactly accurate. And this is hilarious because it's Forbes who's saying this. Um, but for the record, they did, they did say reportedly, and they broke it down later. But that also means that Forbes totally did a clickbait article. All right. So here's what really happened. In Japan right now, there is what's called a lack of sales going on. And by that, I mean that their internal product sales, like the stuff they make for themselves, has been dropping uh, by a certain amount compared to the first quarter of the year versus the exports, which have been selling really, really well. 
entered the video game industry where it has actually rose by 2.8% compared to the last quarter. And uh, a person from the Jap Japanese cabinet office, which I apologize, I do not know where that resides in the uh, government structure. Um, <laughs> I, wonder if the one, I wonder if they're the people who are lo looking over the anime. That would explain so, so much. Um, that was a joke. Laugh, Scott. <laughs> Hit the button, Scott. Press the button! But yeah, they're saying that there's an unnamed official that said that the new video game releases during the quarter, quarter two, or quarter one, I guess, in this case, um, helped r raise the GDP. But notice how he said that. It was the new video game releases. Because it wasn't just Zelda who released in that quarter. It was Street Fighter VI and Final Fantasy XVI. So apparently, through these three games combined, <laughs> the uh, annualized GDP growth was 6% up. Sorry, rose 6% in this quarter. Make of that what you will. But Forbes also said this was largely driven by a boost in exports as domestic consumption investment numbers were worse than anticipated. So did it really help the economy? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but is it hilarious to think about? Oh, yeah. Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter and Zelda teaming up for Captain Planet. <laughs> <laughs> Zelda! Street Fighter! Final Fantasy! Hunt! <laughs> Go play Buy your video game prowess combined! I am Captain Planet! <laughs> coming to a to, coming to an Xbox One near, near oh, Xbox Series X next near you, and only there because they bought <laughs> Captain Planet. That's right, Microsoft has bought Captain Planet. I mean, if they could, right? I mean, they, they absolutely would if they could. I mean, they spent how much on Bethesda and Activision Blizzard? So you know, if, if they Captain spent way Planet too much on prize, Blizzard. <laughs> so if Captain Planet had a price, I mean, why not? I'm just saying. Everyone's got a price. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, million dollar man. Um, wrestling reference. I'm on fire. <laughs> All right. So, uh, again, is this a cool story? Sure. Did they really save Japan? No. Oh. <laughs> and here's, here's another way to think about it. If video games were really possible about raising the GDP of an entire country, don't you think you would have heard about it before? <laughs> like, think about it. Think of, like, think of, like, Call of Duty and how many games that franchise sells every year yeah or if you want to just focus <laughs> on japan why didn't we hear about this with splatoon 3 right they <laughs> love that game over there i guarantee you they've sold more splatoon 3 than they have tears of the kingdom and yet we didn't see about here an article about splatoon 3 <laughs> raising the gdp because <laughs> they did it in secret oh uh, yeah <laughs> I mean, honestly, if video games did raise the GDP as much as they say, I feel like more governments might actually give a care about video games. <laughs> yeah, and not just when it, like, you know, actually hurts people, like with loot boxes. Yeah. You hear that, you hear that EA? Blizzard? Monsters. Now get on the battle passes. Those suck, too. <laughs> One day. One day. All right, next up, we have a, a, a fun topic that me and Will and Wayne talk about. We finally have gotten the Choose Your Legends banner for Fire Emblem uh, Heroes once again. And both Will and I can proudly say that we have gotten all four characters of the new banner, which I am very happy about, because now Will can't say he got them all. 
<laughs> However, I got the one that I get for free. Yeah, out uh, of free summon. Yeah, I forgot about the free summon. I was just like, okay, okay let's get into this. They're like, yeah, you can pick one for free. I'm like, which one do I pick? So I, I picked the one that I didn't think I would get, and then sure enough, that was the first dupe I got. I'm just like, how they get you? <laughs> now the irony for me was that unintentionally, and I didn't mean this unintentionally, I had over a thousand orbs. Wow. Mainly because I didn't do any of the recent banners, like that tea banner, the summer banners. I didn't waste any. I know how. I and I can I imagine that you probably skipped all the summer banners. No. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I have integrity, Will. Uh, I don't need to see such gratuitous stuff in the video game that I love, Will. Um, seriously, Catherine and Shamir deserve better than that. And then their story was like they went to the beach and they got it totally ruined by the kids in Raya. So I'm just like, can these two epic teachers not have a moment for themselves? I mean, I don't care if you ship it or not. They deserve a day off. Okay? <laughs> I don't care if you ship it or not. Why must uh, everything end in catastrophe? Exactly. <laughs> it's, it, well, it is a school, so... Isn't That's that, fair. Isn't that inherent? <laughs> you have to... <laughs> best catastrophe like, is its reason for existing at some points. <laughs> yeah. The best the best laid plans of archers is swordswomen. Anyway, um, but I had a thousand orbs, so I'm just like, you know what? I want to get all four. I deserve to get all four. Like, what else am I spending these orbs on? And for all I know, the next banner will be like another seasonal banner for no for no real reason. So I'm like, let's just let's just score. And so sure enough, it took me the free summon and uh, two rounds of forty, but I did get them, and I got dupes of Golveg and Soren. So you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, I suppose. But <laughs> I got them, and that's what matters. <laughs> and yeah like if you ha haven't by all means you if you have orbs by all means definitely spend on here because these units are quite strong and like even when facing off in the tempest trials which yeah only got a like, few days left like yeah they, they they can more or less take down aria very easily it's just that these units are definitely good and again the fact that they're bringing like mechanics from engage into here in final heroes is like all right all right kind of definitely meta influencing and of course um, a little bit as well that like new story chapters in celebration with the uh, with the new banner yeah okay we finally have Gulvig and like yeah oh uh, the king of Anaheim oh I command you uh you don't command me erased literally Danos <laughs> the king of Man Anaheim <laughs> just like no yep okay good bye bye and yeah Spoilers, dude I haven't even played the story chapters yet dude what the heck uh sorry spoilers <laughs> but yeah basically got thanos and um the boat like for as well as the the the, um, the build your bonds uh for forging bondsman like uh i'm not sure how 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 uh far you're in on that one but uh yeah the one of goldberg <laughs> it, it kind of hints it a little bit like oh we're gonna basically go we're gonna fight fire with fire like how interesting <laughs> and yeah, I'm just gonna say this like the 40 bonds with Goldberg, like, okay, like it it shows there is like she, she is willing to go fight against herself, quote unquote, but at the same time, is like it, it still leaves a little bit of an interpretation. So, like, the other 40 bonds, I mean, Corin, Sorin, as well, as, and uh, uh, uh. Robin, Robin, yeah, yeah, uh, Robin. Like they're, they're, their events, like pretty much is like what you expect them to be up there of uh, evil counterparts and reuniting the world, like with um, fates. But with Gulveg, yeah, they were based. I can see like, okay, how are we gonna introduce her, uh, an alternate version of Gulveg, into facing herself in this current arc? And it's like, okay, it's like they, I, you can tell how they were trying to 
try to squeeze the brave version of Good Lake into the story. So, but it, it was it's a nice little detail. So, it may, may not be what you're looking for, but it's they did try. They're trying. Never forget that the ultimate enemy is yourself. <laughs> is that right, Danny Phantom? <laughs> By the way, I know this is just a gener- this is a generation thing. I once said that line to my mother, and she goes, "No, it's not." And she's like, "What do you mean?" It's like your ultimate enemy isn't yourself. I'm like, "But it is. Like that's the that's the point. You are your own worst enemy." She goes, "No, it's not." And I'm like, "If she only knew." Someone <laughs> is not aware. Denial is a river in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> also, I mentioned that at a dentist appointment recently, and she goes, and my uh, the, the attendant who was with me, she was like, "That's the first time I've ever heard that." I'm like, "Really?" That is surprising. I know <laughs> people are not aware of that saying. Jeez, I, man. <laughs> someone's lived a sheltered life in the dentist's office. I'm just saying. So, all right. Speaking of uh, needing to get out more, let's talk about the Batman Arkham trilogy. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. There's more thing. I saw in the death battle. Do you not? Oh, let's save that for let's save that for a sec. I wanna I wanna I wanna get I wanna get a little more venting out. Okay, okay. That, we'll talk about. <laughs> that, that one's gonna be a little while, so let's let's I want I, I gotta talk about that for a bit. But uh, the Batman Arkham trilogy uh, finally got a date for the Nintendo Switch version. Uh, it's gonna be coming out on October thirteenth. Why should you care? I don't know. <laughs> We've talked In about this. In case before. you wanna play Arkham on the Switch instead of anywhere else that it could be played i mean at the moment right now because red dead redemption is going to be coming out certainly who wants to play that <laughs> so yeah. i guess they're trying to like compete like oh which is the worst report i mean the fact you get three games versus two go one and a half one games. and a half, one yeah. and a half. <laughs> but remember also but remember in with the, the the arkham trilogy you're only getting the first one on the cartridge and you have to digitally download the other two uh yep. that's how they get you yeah, and then the weirdest thing, which I'll admit it was a little cool, they made custom art for the trilogy. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. Why are you making this now? Like, seriously. They I got know. nothing better to do. Clearly. They're not working on Justice League anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, them trying to make their next game a good one is uh, Suicide. Oh! oh. <laughs> you could say that the Rocksteady team doesn't have the right squad. <laughs> so, look, I, I love. Okay, revise. I love two thirds of the Arkham trilogy. All right, and I have all three entries proudly, and I will say that for the number third one too. Proudly on my Steam library. Why would I want it on Switch? Now you can say, but it's portable on Switch. Yes, I acknowledge that. But do you really? After all this time. Do you really need it on Switch? I mean, this honestly screams of what? What can we do to make some quick cash? And they're like, hey, let's port it to the Switch. Which, okay, but here's the thing: a, the other versions will probably still be better. That's just yeah. that's just a fact. And number two, it's still not going to make Arkham Knight any worse or any better. <laughs> Unless they decided to change the story. Yeah, I, I I said any worse, and I'm like, well, it is on the Switch. They probably didn't optimize it, so it probably is going to be worse. So. <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh! I just forgot how hard it was to play Arkham Knight when it first came out. Yeah, I did not like some of the changes they made just to the control scheme, and then they had like the, you know the Batmobile segments and certain other things. And I'm just like, oh, Arkham City was so much better, and it's true. It's like undeniably true. Yeah, I like Arkham City better. Yeah, but I also think that I actually do appreciate the Batmobile more than others. 
I mean, it it had a place. I just don't think it was how it was used. <laughs> Not it, in the story. I liked all the challenges with it, but I hated eh. when they tried to force you in the story. And I, I didn't like some of the challenges, especially like with the Riddler ones. Like, oh, you have to use the Batmobile to defeat the Riddler challenges. That kind of defeats the point of a Riddler challenge. Because yeah. it's, it's not about the riddles anymore. Like, anyway. Um, so, yeah, October 13th, should you want it. All right. We, while we don't have any Nintendo Switch rumors, we are going to briefly talk about the speculation about a Nintendo Direct next month. There are a lot of people who wonder, based on the current state of the Switch, whether we are going to get a Nintendo Direct next month. Here's why you should be optimistic. We have had a Nintendo Direct every September since 2016. <laughs> that's a lot of directs. That's a lot of directs. And a good track record. Okay, and now there is one slight exception. Slight. In 2020, which was the, you know a bad year all around, if you forgot. Um, we In case you forgot get... what happened in that year. No, so... Yeah, well, uh, we don't want to reference that year at all. But uh, we didn't get a, what's called a pure direct. We got a partner showcase. Like, but it still happened in September. <laughs> okay, so it counts. So... And there is still obviously stuff for them to talk about because even if, let's just say, the Switch successor comes out in, let's be generous, November next year, that's still a year that they have stuff to talk about. And we've only had one trailer for Mario Brothers Wonder, one trailer for Super Mario RPG Remake. We haven't even had a full unveil of that Princess Peach game that's coming out next year or the remaster of Luigi's Mansion 2, which nobody asked for <laughs> at all. <laughs> Just saying. And yeah, hey, let's wait. It's our last year's Switch. How many more ports can we get? Hey, what about Xenoblade Chronicles X? Get out! Would be nice. Don't, don't give me hope. Don't give me hope. But uh, yeah, so usually I'd be like, hey, wait for Nintendo just to announce it. But on this very rare occasion, I would say it's a 90% chance that we're going to get a direct in September. If for no other reason, then it's been a few months since the last one, and Nintendo really does have a good track record of putting one in September. It's mm -hmm. like they're, hey, here's the rest of the year and the tease for next year direct. And I mean, it's, that's it. I mean, it's more or less getting ready for the fall season as well as the holidays. Like, yeah, they got they got to present something to, pre to prep up for that Christmas season for like any extra sales again. Like you said, with more RPG coming up for November and then everything else that's coming out afterwards in December and future. So it's like, yeah, like that, that it's prime time. It's literally prime time until like, I don't know, the VGAs and so forth. So, yeah. yeah. And we all know Nintendo's probably not going to do anything for the VGAs. So whatever. Screw no, you, probably not. Really? <laughs> gonna get all the switch ads <laughs> yeah yeah hey play nintendo switch we already are but then you should play it more but we have been <laughs> with these games we already bought those <laughs> buy it again <laughs> but what about the person next to you i don't even know this person <laughs> i wasn't told who i was gonna be sitting next to nintendo this doesn't matter sharing is caring sharing is caring all right next up okay now we could talk about fire emblem and death battle um so yes, we finally had the first Fire Emblem uh, contestant participant choice in uh, Death Battle with Guts versus Dimitri from Fire Emblem Three Houses, and Dimitri won. <laughs> so really power of Fire Emblem. Power <laughs> Fire Emblem. So uh, Will, oh sorry, Scott, did you watch it? I did. Okay, Scott, what were your what were your thoughts? I really liked it. I really liked how they uh, handled some of the fighting. I also really liked how they handled some of the characterization. 
And overall, I really appreciated them discussing some of the, I guess, feats and tried to do their best of doing game logic. Yeah. <laughs> they obviously, they had to basically make some ways of, this is it. This is Dimitri if he goes down the Blue Lions loud because we can't really say what else happens to Dimitri because usually he's not in a good spot at the end of Three Houses if you don't go down his route. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I and I and I do I appreciated them uh, calculating the meteor feet. Although I wish they had talked about how they got to Mach sixty six. Yeah. Because it's like that was the big thing in like the G one blog and a lot of other fan predictions was how are they going to talk about speed in a game where it's turn based gameplay and cut scenes that aren't always as accurate as they are depicting. So yeah. You know. <clears throat> but aside from that, that was good. Uh, Will, your thoughts? I mean, I, I was very surprised. Like, yeah, Dimitri that they pulled the win, and like, yeah, again, we, we since the first match with Guts versus uh, Nightmare, like, yeah, Guts is just that unstoppable force. But again, in fact, is like as they said, he's only human. Yeah. And once like all the blood's literally been drained after the Berserker mode, like, yeah, that's it. That that's done. Even with the healing, and so yeah, I was surprised that yeah, Dimitri was just that resilient and again much more versatile compared to like the age old comics back in the old earlier um, <laughs> Berserk Berserk uh, mangas volume. So I guess yeah. I should, yeah, Dimitri definitely had that modernization as well as the, the, that extra edge need the Paul to win. So yeah, overall, they again they also keep in the, the the banter of again the three house discourse and all that. So by all means, it, it was definitely an enjoyable uh, fight and um, uh, debate as well. So uh, overall, I like I like the episode. Yeah, I uh, was of course very excited for this episode just because it's again Phylum's first participation in death battle and. I was really happy with it. I liked how they handled the Blue Lion, or sorry, Dimitri's breakdown, talking about you know his past, why he became the wild boar and everything, why he's so strong. Uh, like how they referenced both Three Hopes and Three Houses and all that. My, the battle was very fun. I was not a fan of the voice acting. I felt like both Guts and Dimitri were a little too high-pitched. I felt they should have been deeper voices, but that's just my, that's just my opinion on that. Um, here was my biggest complaint. Did we really need the Guts Moonlight shot? Yes, did, it looked boss, but did we need it? I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that was a great shot, and that was a totally epic way for Guts to go out because he would totally die on his feet. Like, he ain't, he ain't dying weak, all right? He is going to try and kill you until he can't move. Here's my real complaint. It actually ties into what they said on the commentary. Ben noted that one thing he was he really wanted to impress was that this was a fight between Guts and Dimitri at their worst, meaning that they don't have their friends around them to support them. I get why he was going with that, because that was like their biggest connection with the Berserker Warriors with Tragic Past. But in the main, and I, I say main because it's his storyline, in the Blue Lion storyline at Azure, yada yada, Dimitri becomes the king of lions after he gets saved and absolved of his sins by his friends and Byleth and Roderick. And he makes a promise to not fall back into that darkness. Now, in the heat of battle, I totally can expect you know him to revert to certain boorish tendencies. But I didn't like how he, he won the battle in berserk mode. That rang hollow for me because, as they noted in the breakdown... Every other route, he dies. 
Yep. Terribly. And he dies in as a boar. Like, that's the thing. In Claude's route at the second battle of Grandeur Field, we literally hear from one of the other characters that they saw Dimitri, like, covered in arrows and just trying to walk after Edelgard so he can kill her, and he falls over dead. That's what happens to him. And then in the Edelgard route, Edelgard just straight up kills him. All right? And he's, like, swearing that he's going to find a way to kill her. He can't. The whole point of his story is that he never wins as the boar. So what I was hoping for, which sadly we didn't get, was near the end of the fight, when he realizes that his berserker is taking his berserker nature is taking over, he would hear the voice of Bilef or his friends, and he would revert to be the king of lions. And in that moment of clarity and you know balance and peace within his mind as much as he can ever have, it's there that he defeats the berserker of, of guts. Because he, he remembered that rage will never win in the end. I felt that that was a better story beat they could have done, just as a fan of Dimitri and the Blue Lion storyline. So I understand why they went this path, and it's, it was not a bad death battle by any stretch of the imagination. It was really clever how they handled some of the animations and all that. But I felt that it would have been better if he won as the King of Lions versus the Wild Boar. Yeah, it makes sense. Thank you! <laughs> I have one person <laughs> on my side. <laughs> Well, I think the voice that it should have been, I think, for it with your route, it probably should have been Dado. Oh, Dado, yeah, that, that would have been a nice one. That that one, him or him or Bilef, just like hearing the blue lions in support, like mm -hmm. Dimitri, don't 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 go back to this. This isn't you, you know. Be our king, and then he rises up, and then he goes into awakened mode. That would have been awesome, like rising up as the king of lions, then going into awakened mode. I do love that they did a critical hit. Like the critical hit animation with a with a with a separate window, that was I was glad that they did that, but uh, I felt it would have been more meaningful, especially after that where he's still in berserker mode and he's like, "Oh, you demons will not have his soul." I'm like, I mean that's cool, but the King of Lions probably would have said it a little more gracefully, <laughs> just saying like, "Rest yeah. well, my friends. I will make sure they harm you no more," and like charges into battle as a king. That mm -hmm. I felt would have been more resonating with me, but. That's just me. Also, Death Bile, please hire me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying for years, and that's the truth. I really have. All right, one last quick story before we get into our main event. Daddy Sakurai, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he had a very interesting... Uh, his videos are always interesting, let's just be honest here. <laughs> it's true. But uh, his one of his latest ones was about the bug testing for titles and I, this almost was our main event tonight. If we didn't, we're going to talk about something else. I mean, so we might save it for next week. But he noted that bug testing in video games is easily like one of the hardest things to do. And as a QA tester myself, I can confirm that. All right, like designing the game, making the game—that's great. But when you have to actually test that everything works, <laughs> it's hard. And then, as he wisely broke down, uh, for a game like Smash Brothers, you have to take. All the characters, let's, that's 89 characters, times all their moves, times the other characters they're fighting, times all the other characters that they're fighting, times the items, times the assist trophies, times the, the final smashes, and then have to figure out if all of those combinations don't have a bug. Good luck with that. It's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. Yeah. And the reason that this was almost our main event, and it's, it still could be next week, is that he said that no video game developer willingly wants their title to release with a lot of bugs. It's just that sometimes it's impossible to catch them all. And he even gave examples in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate of ones that uh, 
uh, that they just couldn't fix, like with a stage editor, which obviously they couldn't test every kind of stage that would be made by a by a player because it's literally impossible. And you the know, death box is the best box. No. Yeah, death, death box. <laughs> um, how certain file smashes affect characters and, and so on and so forth. And I acknowledge that that the reasoning he said that, but he also said he admits he has bias as a creator himself. But just in what we've seen in the last year, we're pretty sure that some developers don't mind just rushing out just to make sure that they meet the release dates instead of stalling and you know actually fixing things. Just saying. Yeah, like when I saw that po point, like yeah, okay, get a like x factor this x times this x times this x x y x times y basically it goes very exponentially to the point like okay you gotta like even to, to certain situation at certain points and like at times like it, the, the exponentially uh probability of having so many bugs is just it to the point of infinite it's just like okay yeah you basically won't be getting everything because it's just it is not impossible to fully debug it so like you only get as Sakurai said you only have to do it the like the major concerns and the minor ones like hopefully isn't as like game breaking or such so you, you gotta only have to tackle the big ones so uh, i mean it's good to, to see that there are people developers that actually care for the products but again we don't want any you know like i don't know cyberpunk 2027 or <laughs> like, or i don't know bethesda stuff <laughs> any of that mainly of like every bethesda game they've made since like marowind and <laughs> or, or how about uh, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda? Uh, oh yeah, that, that, I remember that launch. That was fantastic. Yeah, so fantastic. Alright. <laughs> so, I look forward to your next video, Daddy Sakurai. I really, I really do enjoy them. They're like a highlight of my day when they come out. So next up, we have our main event, which is <laughs> wait for it, about the Xbox. <laughs> what? <laughs> Alright, so uh, if you haven't heard by now, the Xbox 360 is going to be shutting down its marketplace, which means you will not be able to buy any more games from that service. Uh, I don't remember the exact date. I'm looking it up. But uh, it's it's made an impression on a lot of people, and not in the good way. Oh, here we go. It's going to be closing next year. Next uh, July, I believe. Yeah. So... This has upset a lot of people, and so we're going to talk about what this means in conjunction with other shutdowns of stores like these in an intent discussion. All right, so here's why we're bringing this up. Uh, the epic man himself, the one and only Gerard the Completionist, uh, quoted a VGC article noting this, stating, here we go again. So why would he say that? Well, if you recall, the Wii U and 3DS eShops closed earlier this year. When was that? Was that last month? Jeez. Oh, yeah, it was not that late, was it? It doesn't matter. It was, it, it was, it was recent. Let's put it that way. It was recent. recent enough that it's still in the memory. Yeah, especially <laughs> of Gerard's memory. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, but... He was like, here we go again, because we have now lost yet another gaming marketplace. And that means that no matter what, there are going to be titles that are potentially lost forever within this marketplace. And so more than likely, Gerard's going to have to go on another spending spree <laughs> just to try and preserve some of these titles. And as has become a recurring topic in uh, gaming communities, I guess, 
what do we need to do to preserve these games and to not lose history just because the stores that these games are available on shut down? Scott, I know you were very passionate about this topic, so take it away. All righty. So I'm really kind of, well, not kind of, I'm very sad that this is happening, especially because Microsoft has always been a big, let's say, quote unquote, advocate for game preservation and backwards compatibility and making sure all their games are available. So having this choice sucks. But I think one thing that people need to remember that the best way for preservation is either if you do want to do the digital preservation is keeping your stores online as possible or having some of your digital things have have physical copies that you can then store into a kind of archive or library similar to how like video game preservation museums are trying to do now and the problems that we keep coming apart is whenever people try to get like games online it from either i guess like you say the from say piracy or any other unofficial way you're always going to find issues of trying to emulate or play that game and it's not a full preservation of the exact copy of the game itself and even though we have emulators that are extremely good that doesn't mean they're perfect and you can look at any library of any emulator not every single game is going to work perfectly and so that's why we need to have a system in place where we actually have official distribution of these digital copies of games for ways that actually work functionally. We don't need to have necessarily have emulators for everything. Those do help because emulators can be improved, can work better. And sometimes having actual engineers help with those emulators can help a ton. But game preservation itself needs to be done from not just the, pro the product of us as consumers as well as gamers, but we also need to get a lot of our, the corporations and the companies that are making these games on board so they can help with the preservation help, basically. And that requires, again, if we want to go this digital future, we got to have storefronts that stay open. And sadly, that's not going to be a thing as long as server server space takes money. Because as the more gaming companies turn into corporations, they're going to be cutting costs that they don't see the purpose of. And most of these companies don't see the purpose of game preservation because it's not making them money. Yeah. I think that's an excellent way of putting it there, Scott. Because to me, and, I, and again, I know this is so weird talking about an Xbox problem in uh, on a Nintendo podcast, but as we just said, the Wii U in 3DS eShop just went down <laughs> and people like Gerard were so concerned about losing these games to history that they just straight up bought them all <laughs> so that at least someone has a copy so someone cares all right and not just that but think of all the developers and people who would put these games on the resume regardless of how good the title was because they said i worked on that you know i i helped design that or i made art for that or i did programming for that or i did a qa for that <laughs> you know, it mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. matters and now potentially one of their games is being lost to history because they're Xbox 360 exclusive or Wii U or 3DS exclusive is gone. Is a very likely outcome for the Xbox 360 because for those of you who may not remember, 
they were very big advocates of smaller games as they focused on a digital storefront with like an Xbox Live Network arcade system. And so there's a lot of smaller titles and a lot of, I guess, not as big budget titles either on there that are cheaper and have probably not been ported to other consoles. Right, right, right. Because like the one of the, the titles that I can easily think of right now is like, remember that old, um, uh, like from from a character a blue dragon if you remember correctly back yes, in the day. I love that game yeah blue dragon is one of them as well, like also I mean I know this one has been ported already many times over but even the OG uh tales of Asperia like that yeah. was the first system it came out on before it got ported and it's like yeah again I get it it's ported but still the old the fact that you're gonna be losing out on the OG version of Asperia is like yeah that's kind of something speaking to say to say the least so like yeah the old original original and like other games as well, like that's only on 360. Like there is one other game, but I again I do not want to earn the eye of our dear host right now because that is what <laughs> that he would kill me. But uh, so, yeah, like there are many other exclusives on the 360. It's like now, now that, again we had the same situation on Wii U and 3DS. Now Xbox Microsoft players are have to worry about the same exact same problem now. Like there are like. Even the Xbox 360 exclusive that you can't get anywhere. It's not even ported to any other systems. So, mm -hmm. like, there are, believe it or not, there are exclusives that's only on 360. Yeah. A plus, there are a lot of games that maybe did get set up with like the backwards compatibility because they do have some games that will remain, which are mainly the backwards compatibility that are on the Xbox Series storefronts, but mm -hmm. not all of them because some of them got delisted because, like, say, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. That's uh, yeah, the only yeah, on the yeah, Xbox yeah. 360 right now, even though it did get backwards compatibility and it did get on the Xbox Series storefront for a time, but it's no longer there. So we have delisted games from newer storefronts that are still going to have the older games on older storefronts, similar to like the old Activision Spider-Man titles. You can't, some of those are never going to leave now. You are never going to be able to play it on Xbox anymore. Yeah, and we can, we can go on because... No matter what you thought about the Xbox 360, yes, it wasn't the best-selling console. No, it didn't have the best games or whatever. But uh, it was a part of gaming history, period. All right? No matter what. And there were games on there that deserve to be preserved, if for no other reason, so that we have a chronicle of all that's been made. And, you know, this is no different from, you know, movies that were made in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, and so on and so forth. All right? This stuff matters even if you don't remember it even if you never you know played it in this case it matters and so for this store to go down and you go oh but this is like generations ago yes it's a generations ago <laughs> console but there are some people who have their 360s i still have my n64 <laughs> all right and my gamecube and my wii u and i think i still have the <laughs> wii over there somewhere <laughs> you know I'm a, I'm a pack ride this is what i do um, I feel that I still have my Genesis. Same here, same here. I, <laughs> my I regret selling my SNES, and that's a very complicated. Story. It's a, it's it's really complicated, but uh, you know, all this stuff matters. Period. Okay. Right, right, right. And, and as his, and not not just as gamers, but as a, we are living history, uh, and this was a part of our history. You know, again, I'm 33, so you know, I was definitely around during the 360 era. And even though I never played it that much, I usually only played it with my friends because they had the console. It, it mattered to them, and it mattered to others. It mattered to developers who got to make stuff for this console, and they don't want their games to, uh, you know, fade to obscurity. 
that mm -hmm. no one can play anymore. So we need to do we someone or something, whether it be Gerard the Completionist or someone else, <laughs> needs to find a way to save these games. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, like even Gerard said it in his, in his video from for many months prior. Like, yeah, if they're like at least is a library, like like with library with books. Why can't we just library with video games or other different media? Like we have DVDs, movies. So yes, why not have a library for video old classic video games? And just yeah, it, it's just going back to that old. Just that sad image, like yeah, there'd be so much of these classic games. I think, heck, I just saw like one on Twitter, like someone bought a PS One game, still like <laughs> Inuyasha uh, PS One game, and like yeah, it's a classic, and that like was being hard to even be like a reseller or whatever, maybe. So like these old classic, games, heck, I I'll be darn sad, like. Like I'm, I'm glad the physical versions out there. But if they, I'll, I'll say it again. If they ever, for every reason, like completely try to burn away the existence of Skies of Arcadia, then it's like that oh, is just no. <laughs> sad to think, even think about or imagine, just because it get it is a title everyone should play. Like whatever, be it like at what you said, Todd. Like of games that are either uh, indies or triple A's or even niche titles. Like by all means, these games should be at least played by any. At least by anybody at any time, because it's just they they, they at least have that have that right. I feel like it, I know for for media and games, <laughs> but at least they have for for people to have the right to actually play these old classics and not be like barred by <laughs> the marketplace or physical retailers, right? And plus, we'll have a younger generation of gamers who never played these games, and but, some someone might actually want to play them. Yes, again, I do not want to have a generation of of younglings and and uh, new generations are playing only Fortnite. And like, oh, that's uh, where it came from Fortnite. <laughs> no, you little squirt. This came from the original Mario game. <laughs> Get them some diverse games. We don't need them on just Fortnite and Roblox. <laughs> mm -hmm. <sighs> Look, this is sadly, and I mean, I mean, it's honestly. Sadly, this is a topic that we're probably going to be talking about more in the future. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just because, mm -hmm. frankly, this is probably going to happen again. Oh, absolutely. Oh, uh, for sure, for sure, for unfortunately. Sure. And, yeah, this is just, it's not, it's a topic that you don't think about until it happens. Because you don't think like, oh, what's what? What should we do to preserve gaming history today? That, that's not what you think. About. <laughs> and, that, that, and, and you know, Scott's laughing, but it, it's it's true. We don't think about it until we're like, oh yeah, this is actually a meaningful topic, and that's why we have to talk about it when it happens, because this is real, and it we history matters, especially in the gaming industry, which has been you know so chock full of history since it began, for better and for worse. And now we're starting to slowly get into, you know, another cycle. The PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S are hitting their stride. The next Nintendo system is going to be coming out next year. We don't know when. Nintendo hasn't said yet, so shut up. Um, <laughs> but we need to honor the past so we can do better in the future. And if we don't have the games that were made in the past, that's a problem. All right? So... Gerard, if you if you are somehow listening to, I'm probably gonna tag him on Twitter. Just so you know, <laughs> talking about him. Hi, Gerard. We'd love to have you as a guest on the show. Um, that'll spike our that'll spike our viewers from like ten to twelve. Uh, <laughs> getting Gerard, you definitely bring in fifteen. Uh, that sounds so mean. I, I really do like Gerard. Okay, so Gerard's the best. He's uh, rest in peace, X Play and G Four. Again, 
But uh, we need like Gerard is doing a good thing by buying all of these titles, and it potentially we we all predicting he's going to do this again. <laughs> and, and I do not again, feel for his wallet. I, do, I, do feel <laughs> I am not uh, jealous of his bank account right now because again, like when he had to do this with Wii U and 3DS, it was fairly sizable. And unfortunately, the Xbox marketplace it is vastly more more bigger than than Nintendo's. Yeah, it has the Xbox Live Arcade. That's oh. going to be a lot of digital games. Yeah. Luckily, they'll be cheaper, but <laughs> there's a lot more, so that doesn't really help as much. Yeah, so please don't look at this and go, oh, this really doesn't affect us, you know, because we, we, we never had an Xbox 360. We were never going to play those games. It affects someone, okay? It, it affects someone, so... Even if you can't know of anyone, it affects. It may affect someone else down the line. Yeah. So, so let, let's hope that between Gerard and some other people, that, that these games are saved, and that something good can happen, so that this doesn't happen. Uh, uh, these games aren't lost among other systems in the future. We'll just have to wait and see. And with that, we are in this episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. Are you hoping that these games are somehow preserved, and that this between this and the three, uh, the three DS we shut down, that uh, more steps will be taken to preserve gaming history. And how do you feel it should be done? And what do you think? What do you think about the Splatfest? And are you as mad as we and Will, <laughs> or are you gloating like Tyler? And if you do, get out. <laughs> Just get out. Uh, and are you happy about the overload of Splatoon three news that we got today to cover up the fact that Team Love got screwed? You know it's true. Um, are you excited about the new uh, the returning Pokemon for the DLC? Do you feel that uh, <laughs> that Tears of the Kingdom actually saved Japan's economy? It, it didn't happen, but it's nice to dream. And did you watch the Dimitri Death Battle? And what did you think about it? Let, let us know in the comments below. So for Skullkit Scott and Warrior Will, I am Triforce Tile. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not out of lives. We made it to the end of the level. So raise the flag. <laughs>